ministry of Nelson Ihiago. Be stirred as you listen. You know why I love this church? We are alive. We are a praying church. We are a praying church. And like I usually say, you know, the first time, the first eight teachings we did about the church, church was designed to be supernatural. From the opening prayer to the worship to the teaching, whatever it is, that's exactly how it was designed. You know, he said, how is it that when you gather, one had a psalm, one had a tongue, one had a doctrine, one had a revelation. It is designed in such a way that when we all gather by God's spirit, which is common to all of us, we all have something to contribute. Are you listening to me? We all have something to contribute. So every aspect is designed to bless you. Praise the Lord. So we've been looking at the gospel in types and shadows. Have you been blessed so far? Been looking at the gospel in types. Um, I want us to finish this teaching. We're going to end this. Wait. How many Sundays for camp meeting? Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'll probably save one of my teachings for sometime next year. Amen? So seeing Christ in the feasts of Israel, we'll save that to sometime next year. Next week, we're going to be dealing with Christ in prophecies. Say amen. amen. All right. Today, we're going to be looking at the high priest and the what? Come on. The high priest and the what? Now, we're going to be doing some Bible study. We're going to be looking at God's word, and you're definitely going to be blessed because I did teach. Normal. You missed a good point, a good place to shout because I did teach. Normal. Praise the Lord. Now, what qualifies anything in scriptures to be called a type or a shadow? Now, you, um, you don't look at something that looks like something that has been seen in the New Testament to be called a type. It has to be referenced by the apostles in their epistles or by Jesus for it to be called a type. Are you listening to me? So, if you notice in the teachings that we've been doing, I've not just called anything and said, oh, this is a typification or this is a typology of this. And it, I'm not calling it a type because I want to call it a type. I'm calling it a type because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10.1 that the things in the old covenant were a type of the things in the new covenant. Are you listening to me? That's exactly what it what. Um, the writer of Hebrews calls it, he calls it a type. So if he calls it a type, we are agreeing and just teaching because Bible teaching is not invented, it is discovered. Are you listening to me? Bible teaching is not invented, it is discovered. You don't teach what you like. You don't teach how you are feeling it. You teach what the word says. So if... If I come to you and say, I'm about to, what I'm about to teach you, nobody has ever taught it before. <clears throat> Rono. Because this Bible is a finite book. Right? The church has existed for over 2,000 years. You know, I like to put it this way. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people come up with quick arguments, you know, and they think they're being smart. And then they want to debunk Christianity and things like that. There is no philosophical argument you want to raise. None. 
Okay, let me be charitable. Almost none. That has not been addressed from many angles in 2,000 years of existence. None. I forgot to wear my lapel. I'm still with you guys. Don't worry. There is none that, that there's none that hasn't been addressed in over 2,000 years of church existence. So any teaching that is about to be taught that is strange to 2,000 years of church history is most likely wrong. Are you listening to me? Because Christianity is a historical faith. Please, are you here? Christianity is a historical faith. So um, I've seen a, uh, um, quite a number of people want to be... Um, you know, there's a branch of Christianity um, that people call progressive Christianity, right? One major reason why it's wrong, among other things, is Christianity cannot be progressive. Christianity is an orthodox faith. Please, are you with me? Christianity is an orthodox faith. That's what the apostles taught, what the fathers taught, is what we are supposed to teach. And that's exactly why I said church doctrine is not invented. You discover what is revealed in scripture and teach what is revealed. You know, um, I'm going to do a teaching, a series next year, and I've already been thinking about it. Um, how, how best do I teach it? And then I just arrived at a conclusion. I said, the best way I would teach it is the way the Bible teaches it. Because we are safest within the boundaries called scriptures. TC, are you with me? We are safest within the boundaries called scripture. So what qualifies it to be a type is not just that it looks good or there is a way to ad address it. What qualifies it to be a type is that it is referenced in the New Testament. It is so let me, let me give an instance, for example. The Bible clearly says that Christ has become our Passover. In 2 Corinthians, it said Christ has become our what? Passover. So when we look at that, what is basic, what the apostle Paul was basically trying to say is that in, if I look so all of you will look there, so hilarious, is that in Jesus, please are you here? In Jesus coming, what the Passover was supposed to depict, he has fulfilled. When um, Jesus, like Jesus said, like in the days of Noah, some will be marrying and they'll be given to marriage. And he said many of those things, right? Jesus said that 2 Peter 2, Jude. Jude has only one. Sorry, it would be weird to say Jude 1. But um, 2 Peter 2, Jude. They all show Noah, Noah's ark and Noah's flood and everything as a typification of the judgment that is to come. So when we look at all those things, it is obvious that those things are a type, right? Or what Noah's ark was to paint, this has fulfilled. Hebrews 10 into Hebrews 11, it said just as God rested on the third day is the same way um, we have ceased from our works and entered into rest. So the God resting on the seventh day rather was a typification of the rest we have come to found in Christ. We have ceased from our works and entered into what? Rest. Yes. Did I say Hebrews 10? I meant Hebrews 10. Hebrews 3, 7 into Hebrews 4, 11, like we quoted last week. Hebrews 3, 7 into Hebrews 4, 11. You see that rest there. Um, uh, we see Jesus say, as the brazen serpent was lifted, so shall the Son of Man be also what? Lifted up. 
right? The, it means that the, what the brazen serpent was supposed to show is what Jesus has already become. The way anyone who looked at the brazen serpent was going to be saved from destruction is the same way. Anyone who looks at the author and the perfecter of their faith is also going to be saved. So it's not a type because there is a way we can walk it. It's a type because scripture says so. So you don't just pick any random verse from scripture from the Old Testament and say, um, Esther, there's a way Esther approached the king. So, Esther is a type of the way the sinful man approaches Jesus. No. Please, are you listening to me? No. You don't get creative. You see it from... For If you tell me that, I'll say, okay, which apostle can you corroborate? This is your truth. Because the way you are going, you are deeper than Paul. Right? So... You know, and then um, there, there are some other things that are prophecies. You know, the seed of the woman who bruised the head of the serpent, the woman has no seed. It's the man that gives seed and then fertilizes and the children come out, right? So the seed of the woman prophetically was Jesus because that was the time where a woman conceived. Please, are you getting me? Mm-hmm. If I let me tell you about something deep. You know, I usually said that, we'll look at this more next week, but let me touch on it a bit. You know, Prophecies, Old Testament prophecies usually have present day implication and futuristic implication. They usually have that. Um, Isaiah prophesied. He said, he, you know, corroborating the prophecy in Genesis. He said, a woman, a virgin shall conceive. She shall bear a son and his name shall be called what? Emmanuel. So you say, <laughs> a virgin shall conceive and his name shall be what? Emmanuel, should I surprise you? Emmanuel, um, I say Emmanuel. Isaiah's Mrs. Isaiah actually had a child. Guess the child's name. <laughs> Isaiah's wife, Doc. <laughs> had a wife, and the child's name was Isaiah's wife, had a wife. And the child's name was Ah Ah Glory. <laughs> Isaiah's wife had a child, and the child was actually Emmanuel. But you know what? Why we know the prophecy is not about her? She was not a virgin. Some people will actually say that, well, the word virgin there loosely translates to young woman. No, they're not wrong. There's a way um, in, in Hebrew and Greek, usually one word can have different meanings. So you need to check it. These are the deep ones. Here. Yeah. You need to actually check the context to understand really. But the same word, you know, when people say that it also means young woman, when you actually check it, hmm, that same word was also translated virgin in other places. And then what do we see in its fulfillment? Mary without a man, collected seed and brought forth a man. And it was fulfilled by said, and this shall be a sign. Let's enter next week. Next week teaching. Amen. Amen. All right. So what qualifies this as a type? It is shown in the OT and then it is explained in the new covenant. Say amen. amen. It's explained in the new covenant. I say, I'm deep covenant. Circumcision too. You know, we explained that. I'm just going over what we had explained. 
If it is not painted in the Old Testament, or if it's not painted in the New Testament, it is as best an illustration, not a type. Meaning you can use it to teach, you can use it to point, but it is at best an illustration. We are safest when we approach scriptures scripturally, not when we invent. Say amen. Now, going into the nitty-gritty of what we, were, what we have been speaking today, Tofumi, give me Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. At least, let's read Leviticus so that as the year is running out, you will know you read Leviticus this year. Praise God. Leviticus. I don't blame you. Leviticus is a boring book. And bring two she-goats and two turtle doves. You're like, Ifa or Jehovah? Which one? <laughs> Leviticus 17, 11. Did I say seven? Oh, we are started today. Anyway. Look at this. It said, I want you to read that first line like a mass choir. First of all, help me honor the choir. They did phenomenal today. <laughs> she, they did well. Mm-hmm. You guys. Doc, double hailings for you. Help me honor Doc, everybody. Come on, come on. I want you to read the first line like a mass choir. One, two, go. Ah, read it like a mass choir. One, two, go. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, why did I read this? To answer this question, why exactly, what part did blood pay in the sacrifice of sins? Because we don't, many times we just approach scriptures and say, okay, they just used blood. Why? Why did they use blood? Because life, because blood was symbolic or representative of life. If there was no blood, there is no life. So when I say all this blood you are sharing, hmm? when I say that, are you actually taking a bucket and pouring blood? It means you are taking lives, right? Answer me, right? So it says for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Look at this. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an what? Atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh an what? Atonement for soul. What exactly does this mean? You know, the wages of sin is what? Death. It means that the righteous recompense of sin is a life. Do you get me? The righteous recompense of sin is what? A life. And what can atone for a life is not crops. So do you see why Cain's sacrifice was not in faith? Uh-huh. So the righteous recompense for a soul is life. And what is representative of life? Blood. Hebrews 9.22. I'm teaching good. Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. First John 2.2. 2. I have plenty of scriptures. Are you here? As I said, I have plenty of scriptures. Some people just went quiet. They don't want scriptures. Look at this. He said, and almost all things are by the law purged with what? And without shedding of blood, there is no what? Remission. Give me in, in NLT. Give me in NLT. Next verse is 1 John 2.2. 2. Look at this. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. 
For without the shedding of blood, there is no what? So, consistently, you are seeing that when there is sin, what must go for sin is a life. What was representative of that life? Blood. 1 John 2.2. Keep following. So for me, next verse, Ephesians 1.7, then Revelation 7.14. He said, and he is the propitiation. The word there means he's the worthy exchange for our sin. And not for ours only, but also for the what? Sins of the whole world. Quick one. When the Bible says Jesus is a propitiation for our sin, the worthy exchange, what exactly does he mean? It, when we say that Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood, it's not exactly the liquid we're talking about. What we are talking about is what that liquid represented. We're going to look at this. What that liquid... So, if Jesus shed his blood, even if I take that liquid blood and splash on you, it means nothing. So, it's not about the liquid. Ephesians 1.7 So, when he's the propitiation, he's the worthy exchange because of the life he gave, the blood he shed. He said, in whom... We have redemption through his blood. The what? Come on, the what? Forgiveness of sin and redemption is found how? Yes, but it's found where? Through his blood. You guys are deep. That, according to which is actually correct. But now you have it. But he's found through his blood. Through his blood. Revelation 7 14. Another book. That you will not say you've not read this year. Revelation 7 14. Then after this, Revelation 12 11. Revelation. Revelations is not in the Bible. Revelation. He said, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which come out of the great tribulation and have their robes made white in the what? Blood of the Lamb. When you think of the way blood was used, quickly, what does this mean? The way, when I kept on talking about blood, when you think of the way blood was used, quickly, what does this mean? Cleansing, forgiveness of sins. Yes, because, why did they reduce volume? It's not on. But anyways, <laughs> cleansing, yes, they are cleansed in the, in the bloodline, but what did we need to be cleansed from? Sin. So, their robes were made white. This is obviously figurative. They, are, they were made clean. Their sins were forgiven because of the what? Blood of the Lamb. And then, finally, Revelation 12, 11. He said, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Now, this verse is used in, a, in some way. But by most people, not the proper way. This verse is not exactly talking of warfare per se. Look at this. He said, and they overcame him. Now, you can apply it in warfare, but I'll show you how. He said, and they overcame him by the what? Blood of the lamb. They overcame the adversary because of the blood that had bought them. What exactly was the blood for? Please walk with me. What exactly was the blood for? Very good. The blood was for the forgiveness of sin. Um, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by 
the word of their testimony. So you cannot separate the blood of the lamb from the word of their testimony. Because of the blood, I can say something. Because of the blood, I have a confession. It says, and they love not their lives unto the death. Now look at this. How exactly has blood been used? For the what? Forgiveness of sin. They, are, they, were, they overcame the enemy, the adversary, because of the blood. And because of the blood, they can speak. And then they love not their lives unto the death. So, this verse is not taking the blood of Jesus and pleading it against the devil. Are you with me? Is it not interesting that of all the weapons of our warfare and all the armor of God, the blood of Jesus is not there? So it means that the blood of Jesus is not exactly a weapon for offense. Please, are you getting me? It's not exactly a weapon for offense. However, he said, overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of... However, because of the blood of the lamb, I can stand on the blood and, re and respond to the enemy. Why? Because, you see, the foundation of everything that is in the Christian faith is the forgiveness of sin. Because I'm righteous before God, everything that flows from God can work for me. So, because I'm righteous before God, because the blood has cleansed me, because my robe has been made white, I can now respond back. It is on the premise of the forgiveness that you can now have believer's authority. So, you see that thing where we say, if you are... Um, there are so many funny teachings. Um, you can't cast out devils if you, are, you have sin in your life. First of all, the believer is not supposed to have sin in their lives because we've been bought by the blood. You're not supposed to. However, do you know what Paul said, Peter said when he walked miracles? He said, why are you looking on us as if it is by our own holiness we have done these things? So the flows of the spirit through my life have nothing to do with my holiness. And that's what makes it dangerous. You can be living in sin and be flowing in the power of God. That's what makes it dangerous. Some of you are saying it's very true experience, have you? <laughs> you can be living in sin and be flowing in the power of God. However, but I, when I stand before the devil, if I stood in my name, you can beat me. But if I'm standing before you in the name that the heavens, the earth, and under the earth quake, you must go. So I have experience in casting out devils. I'm not going anywhere, story. Personally, I've never even had that. I'm not going anywhere, anyways. I remember one time casting out a devil from somebody. <laughs> and I was. The person told me. My man of God asked me, he said, you came out of service, you powerful service, the power of God was, he said, come. He said, I'm tired. I've tried, I'm going home. Because the man had, he was probably awake since, he said, there's somebody, please go on. And he entered his car and went home. So, he walked to that, I walked to that person, I felt no electricity, there was no smell of fire upon me. I had no, no awe. I did not feel. In fact, that day I went to church in a mood. So I was just walking. And the demon looked at me and said, Man of God, please. I said, Ah, ah! I now did like this. 
I said, oh, you know me. So I went, so I went, why? Because I know in myself I have frailties. But I'm not standing on my name. It's not about my blood. It's about that blood. Are you getting me? So, listen, I want you to know how to even engage God in your affairs. Don't come to God on your... Some people don't pray because they've not prayed in a long time. Experience is good. Some people don't pray because they've not prayed in a long time. So they think that some people think God is the abusive ex. So they think if I go and pray, God is going to say, oh, so you need something. That's why you're coming back, Abby. <laughs> First of all, God is happy to see you. Yes, that's a shirt. God is happy to see me. He's happy. He's like, see person where I create. Made in my image. In my image. Figure eternity. Not eight. It's eternity. Made in my image. Recreated in the image of Christ. He says, see my righteousness now. That's exactly what God says. Amen. Mm -hmm. So, that's, it is on that premise I can stand on the blood and speak. And then I will record overcoming. You know, So it's not exactly pleading the blood. I plead. What the blood is for is not protection. The blood is not for protection. The blood is not for offense. The blood is for the forgiveness of sins. It's for the forgiveness of sins. Now because I am forgiven, I have access to the Father and I can ask for protection. It's simple, right? So, having said that, let me say this. Listen, forgiveness is not a matter. Oh, there's a reason I'm talking about all this. Because the high priest and blood, they are five and six, they, they play with blood anyhow. Forgiveness is not a matter of apology. It's a matter of blood. And that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that before I die, I'll just quickly say, Father, forgive me. You are going to hell. Because Lord forgive me is not the power of God unto salvation. Lord forgive me is not the power of God unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation is believing the gospel. The gospel is God's power to save. We are going to Hebrews 9. We are going to run through it fast. Just go to verse 1. Keep it there. So, so, I've heard many people, and that's because they are not properly taught. They say, before I die, I'll just quickly say, Father, forgive me. That's not the way to heaven. You don't sneak. You just say, <laughs> that's not it. God will say, that's not how it's done. I'm sorry. It's not, do you know, I went to evangelize. I told you guys this story. Um, I was to go on Friday, but I didn't go. I, I had to spend some time doing some other things. On Three Fridays ago, I went to, maybe I should clear that now. I went to evangelize in a club uh, with a group of people so they will not beat me. <laughs> well, I didn't enter. It was, there are like six clubs entrance. So I just went there with my squad and we were speaking to different people. I was talking to a girl. I said, what do you think happens when you die? She said, oh, if I've been baptized yesterday, then my sins are cleansed. So I don't need the play. Anyways. So, I said, that's not how it works. And I told her, okay, let me ask you a question. If you stand before a judge, 
you had done a lot. You, you were brought in for Grand Theft Auto. Still in a car. You were brought in for GTA. Six. <laughs> and they ask you, okay, why are you here? Adeshola, why are you here? <laughs> and you say, oh, I'm here for GTA Six. And he now says, guilty or not guilty? You say guilty, but I'm sorry. If the judge says, don't do it again. No. Oh yeah, you can be going. Is that judge just or unjust? He's unjust. How much more the all just judge of the universe? So I'm sorry. It's not. The Bible lets us know that the soul that sins, it shall die. So for sin, a life must go for it. And that's why it's only those who have put their faith in Jesus for their eternity that can be forgiven, not those that say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not those that say, I'm sorry. Now, that repentance, that, that, that heart is the privilege of the man in Christ. It is only the man in Christ that can say, Lord, I did this. This is wrong. I repent of it. I'm sorry. I did this. I repent of this. I receive your forgiveness. And I walk in the consciousness that I'm a new man. Only the man who is recreated in Christ can have that. The unregenerate man does not need to say, he needs to put his faith in Jesus first. Please, are you with me, TC? Uh -huh. All right. So, who is the high priest? The high priest was the supreme religious leader of Israel. He supervised other young priests and their office was hereditary. If you were not born into the tribe of Levi, it doesn't matter how much you strived, you were not going to be a priest. You are not going to be a priest. Only those belonging to the tribe of Levi were priests. Priests had a lot of things that were uncommon. Now, there's a reason I'm showing this. Please don't me Leviticus 21 from verse 6 to 8. Now, I'm just going to corroborate. Now, I'm going to run like a machine gun. I'm going to just corroborate. Revela um, Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. The reason how why this applies to us is because we have been made kings and priests unto our God. TC, are you here? We've been made kings and priests unto our God. And that's exactly why this Leviticus. That's exactly why this applies to us. Leviticus chapter 21 from verse 6 to 8. Are you there? Look at this. It said, they, talking about the priests, both the under priests and the chief priest or the high priest, they shall be holy unto their God. And not profane the name of their God. For the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of God they do offer. Therefore, they shall be what? Holy. Next verse. They shall not take a wife that is a whore or profane. That sounds so funny. Neither shall they take a, wo Neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband. For he is holy unto God. Talking about the priest. Verse 8. Thou shalt sanctify him, therefore, for <laughs> okay, married joke. Abimbola, you are there, Uh huh. 
For he of all of you that are single, I don't know, I don't know how you do life. Jesus. For he offereth the bread of thy God, he shall be holy unto thee, for I the Lord which sanctify you. I'm what? She's engaged though, leave her alone. I'm what? Holy. Now look at this. The reason why I quoted this verse is because, you know, I quoted that the Bible says he has been, we have been made unto God kings and priests. The Bible says in Exodus, and I'm going to quote this later, Moses, God told Moses, I'm going to make a kingdom of priests. And that has found fulfillment in our day. Amen. But I'm going to come back to that. But why exactly is this important? The opposite of holy is not necessarily sinful. Let me give you an instance. Is God holy? Is God trying not to sin? Then that cannot be what holiness means. He's in a class all by himself. That means, that's the definition of holiness. It means that if he's holy, the word like loses accuracy when it captures his essence. And that's why you say, who is like unto thee, O God, who is glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Who is like unto thee? So look at this. So why did I quote that? The the, the opposite of holy. The opposite of holy is common. Common. Not common. Common. C O M N M N. C O M O M O N. Common. So when the Bible tells us to be holy, even as God is holy, it means that we are supposed to live lives or lead lives. The context, of course, was love. But that really, what that means also is that we are supposed to lead lives that show. That we are separated unto the use of one that is in a class of his own. Please, are you with me? So, not living in sin is just a small part of it. It means that there are things that the believer does not do. Not because they are wrong, but because your consecration is to one that is separate. So, it may not be wrong, but it is not expedient. It may not be wrong, but it is not expedient. Why? Because I am holy. There are things that are common. So the matter right now is not, um, is it a sin? The matter right now is, is it expedient? Do we get this, please? So look at the code of conduct for the priests. Go, give me Hebrews 9 now. Look at the code of conduct for priests. And we have been separated as kings and priests unto our God. It means that we are supposed to lead lives that are consecrated. The consecration of a believer means the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you carry yourself. You see, I'm a minister, right? What that means is I'm called to a higher standard than the average believer. So I have a book. You know, it's talked about, it talks about um, um, the ministry ethics of a believer. There are little things that a believer is not even allowed, a minister is not allowed to do. You know, things as little, of course, there are some people you can break it for because you love them and whatnot. 
Things as little as, I'm just giving an example, things as little as a minister not eating in public is ministry ethics or at weddings. That's why ministers don't attend reception. It's ethics. Just you are tearing for more. <laughs> just, I saw I saw a video. <laughs> you tear bread. I saw a video. They said they said um <laughs> they said what exactly do couples talk about when they are getting married? And one said, Your uncle has eaten <laughs> 14 more more now. Don't you please talk to him? But Uncle 14, uh-uh. You know, they say they've not served us wine here. He <laughs> said, your, your uncle must be pregnant with destiny. The way he's going. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So, using the minister's consecration, Paul, speaking to pastors, he gave them the criteria for bishops, for overseers, separately. Every believer is supposed to be the husband of one wife. But for ministers, he has to state it again. You're supposed to be the husband of one wife. He's not supposed to be a striker. A brawler. He's not Lewandowski. He's not. So imagine you are passing through city center. You see me and one Pakistani guy. I say, my boy. You know, you see me now. Some of you will not say anything. You just stand far. And just, you don't do like this. You just send it to Adeshola. You don't say anything. But things as little as that, right? The man of God is not supposed to be a brawler. He's not supposed to be a striker. You know, he begins to set those things for a man of God. That is because for ministry has put him in a class. He's not supposed to be a drunkard. A believer can... Um, a, a, another believer can do it and then we say don't do it again, it's wrong. A man of God, once you are a drunkard, in fact, do you know another thing? The Bible says he's supposed to have good rapport with the people. So before we ordain somebody, we're supposed to check what do people think. So you know this thing, it doesn't matter what people think, that's in your pocket. We're supposed to check what do people think about him, his lot and his conduct. It matters. Tell Adesha it matters. All right. It's not just to be cutting fine hair. <laughs> Amen. So, as a man of God, as a, as a believer, because you are separated unto the cause of one that has saved you, there are words that cannot come out of your mouth. I want to just flipping, flipping. Ah! Ah! I think it's even stronger that even the acronyms should not come out of your mouth. Yes, even the, ac the acronyms. So people write, I'm tired, AQ. The real one, think of the real one. I just said AQ. I'm tired as fish. Then they write, I'm tired, A. It's not supposed to come out of your mouth. Yeah, it's not supposed to come out of your mouth because of the one you are consecrated to. Your words, your conduct, your body. The Bible speaks, Paul speaking to Timothy. He said, he said as a man of God, hmm? he said, you must be an example of the believer. Now, 
As a believer, you must be an example to another believer. In conduct, in character, in words. We should be able to look at you. And, you know, I was walking somewhere. One of the young ladies there looked at me and said, you don't smoke? I said, no. You don't drink? No. If I went for that, I said, I also don't curse. He said, you're lying. I said, no. I don't, I don't curse. I don't curse. Because I'm separated. And many people say, it's a lie. It's a lie. I'm not your mate. <laughs> I don't. Not because I don't want to. In quote. Or because those things, but because my consecration to the Lord is, bet, is a more delight than those things. All right. So priests, are they, so you have been separated as a priest to your God and to your king. There's something that should separate you. And that's exactly why I keep on talking about this Sunday thing. If you can, because we have people here who are doctors, nurses, and whatnot, but if you can, my Sundays belong to Jesus. Belong to the gathering of the saints. Amen. Hebrews 9. It says, we're going to run a commentary, so follow me. Look into your Bible. Tofumi, are you with me? I'm running with lightning speed. It said, give me an NLT. I am your own. I am your own. Till the day you will come. Jesus, I am your own. I am your own. I am your own. Till the day you will come. Jesus, I am your In the light of the consecration I just said, I am your own. I am your own. Till the day come Jesus I am your I am your own I am your own. I am your own I am till the day till the day you will come Jesus I am your own so a verse of scripture just flashed in my mind he said, a man who cannot control his tongue, his religion is useless. That's what James said in another translation. So when I get angry, I say what I like. God has not touched your heart. He said, Hebrews 9, that first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and the place of worship on the earth. Uh-huh. Don't me run with me. He said there were two rooms in that tabernacle in the first room were a lampstand and a tabernacle and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the what? Uh -huh. There was a curtain. Please, are you with me? There was a curtain. And behind the curtain was the second room called the what? So now, this is the thing. There was the tabernacle. where I wish I had pictures. When people came in, there was the outer court. TC, are you here? There was the outer court. Then there was a place called what? The holy place. Then there was another place that only the high priest could enter. We will see that. There was another place that only the high priest could enter, which was called the what? Most holy place. Some translations will call it the holiest of all. 
Only the high priest entered and he didn't enter anyhow. He entered once a year. And he went out with a cord on his ankle. In case God turned that fire him, they will drag him out because no other person could enter. So they will drag him out because it was a holy place. Look at verse 4. He said, in that room where, this is the most holy place now, where a gold incense altar, a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablet of the covenant. Uh huh. We'll see that what this was, was actually a picture of the heavens. Of the heavens. So when it says, he who dwells between the cherubims, shine forth. It's, there is the one who stays in the midst of the cherubims. And that's exactly what that most holy place was to depict. Look at this. He said, above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory. Whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover. The place of the atonement. He said, but we cannot explain these things in detail now. Uh-huh. Because of time. He said, when these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their what? Religious duty. But only the high priests. Please, are you with me? Every priest could enter the holy place, but the most holy or the holiest of all, only the what? High priest entered the place. And he didn't enter every day. He entered where? Once. Now, he entered once a year. At the time of the year called the Yom Kippur. That was the day of atonement. The day that was stipulated that he was to atone for the sins of the Israel with blood. He said, and he always offered blood for his own sin. So when the high priest entered, he didn't just offer for, he didn't just offer for the sins of the people. He offered for his sin first. Because God is holy. He said, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Next verse. I'm going to come back to something. He said, for that old system deals only with what? Food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies. Please be reading your Bible as you're with me. Why second my son can stone him? This, you've missed something important and this verse was highlighted to me. Look at this. He said, by these regulations, please look at this. The Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle. And go back to verse 7. Go back. Yes. The things which the people are committed in ignorance. Verse 8. He said, But these regulations, the most the Holy Spirit revealed. That the entrance, by these regulations rather, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open. As long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. Hold on. What this means, people offered, the high priest offered sacrifice for, thank you. Now, this is where the Madeshola usually are. Outside. The heathen. The commoners were outside. They, they, in fact, they were, you can even, call, because the children of Levi, which were the priests, their lot was God. They were preoccupied with godly things. Hence, they had no other inheritance. 
Their only inheritance were the things the people brought to worship out of it. Are you getting me? Outside, this is the holy place. Anybody can come here and feel important. But only one person. I'm blocking you guys, right? Well, we'll get on that TV there soon. Another, this is where the high priest. This is where the high priest came. Here, help me appreciate Tofumi for being proactive, everybody. So, verse 7, go, give me Hebrews, give me, go back to verse 7. Uh-huh, go, give me verse 8. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed, pay attention. It means that the Holy Ghost was signifying things, even in that, even in those practices that they had. Please, are you here? In those practices that they had, the Holy Ghost was pointing things out. The Holy Ghost was speaking. So when they were offering sacrifices, it was the word speakings of God. The sacrifices they were offering was God speaking. He said the Holy Spirit revealed. So the law, the, and that's exactly why I say it is the gospel in a type. Please stop moving around. It is the gospel in a type. Do you get what I'm saying? Because it was the speakings of God. The Holy Ghost was revealing even as they were speaking. Even as they were doing things. Uh -huh. The most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and system it represented were still in use. Give me verse 9. He said, this is an illustration. So everything they had been doing was an illustration for something else. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and the sacrifices that the priests offer. Oh God are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. Next verse. For the old system deals only with food and drinks and various cleansing ceremonies. Physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system was established. That's why it is called the old covenant and there's now something called the what? New covenant. The difference is not a change of page or an empty page. The difference is a dispensation. And the difference is the quality of blood that was used to ratify both. Let's read on. I don't want to speak for myself. Look at verse 11. Remember what I said. We don't just know um, a typification because we think it is. We have to see what was said. Are you here? Look at what he said. So Christ. Now, the things in the Old Testament were done to point to something else. Please, are you here? But Christ has become our what? High priest. So how do we know Christ is... Uh, the high priest was a type of what Christ was supposed to do. Hebrews 9.11. So Christ has now become a high priest over all the good things that have come. So remember I said that the things in the old were to point to things that were to come. And Christ has become a high priest of the things that have already what? Come. He said... He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven. The tabernacle that they had in the Old Testament, it was not a permanent building, it was a tent to show that a greater, a greater habitation for God was coming. Are you here? It was coming. So he looks at this. He said, Jesus, um, he had entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven. Maybe if I have time in camp meeting, I'll explain in detail which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Uh -huh. He said, with his own blood, 
not of the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Thank you. Some of you missed a good place to shout. So let me read it again. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Let me say something here. Let me say it here so I won't forget. The Bible tells us our high priest is seated. Please follow me. The Bible tells us our high priest is what? When he was explaining the holy place, did you see chair there? So it means that the Old Testament high priest entered once every year. He did it consistently. But our own current high priest did it once for all time. And the Bible tells us that our high priest does not enter once for all year. He entered, offered, and he seated. Glory to God. He entered, offered. So the high priest entered every year because that blood every year was not sufficient. Pay attention to this. The high priest always entered with the ram that was one year old. A goat or a sacrifice that was one year old to offer for the sins of Israel for the year that is past. Please follow me. To offer for the sin of Israel for the year that is what? Past. But another lamb came on the scene. That lamb has not lived for one year. That lamb has not just been spotless for one year. That lamb is the lamb that said, Before Abraham, I am. That is the lamb that has been holy from eternity past, holy in eternity present, and holy in eternity future. So if the sin of Israel was gonna was gonna be atoned by a ram that was one year old, how much more our ram that is eternally old? Glory to God. So our high priest did not secure our redemption for one year. He secured it for eternity. If you pay attention closely, in the Old Testament, the high priest was to signify Jesus. The ram was to signify Jesus. Because they could, one person couldn't show all things. I mean, the, the, you cannot slaughter the high priest and pour his blood. But Jesus was the one. He is the high priest. He is the lamb. He, he is also the one that entered the mercy place and sat. Praise the Lord. So the, end, the older priest entered, the, the older high priest entered by blood of bulls and goats. He entered by his own blood. And see, next verse. Next verse, quick. Under the old system, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a haifa could cleanse people's body from ceremonial impurity. Let's run, let's run. Just think how much more the blood of Jesus will purify our conscience from sinful deed so that we can what? Worship the living God. If the Old Testament blood of bulls and goats could cleanse people's body, how much more the blood of Jesus? Cleanse our conscience. He says so that we can worship. For by the power of the eternal spirit... Christ offered himself. So look at this. When it says Christ offered himself, the high priest usually will offer. But this one, our high priest is both the high priest and the sacrifice. He is the high priest and the lamb. He said Christ offered himself to God as a what? Perfect sacrifice for our sins. In the old covenant, the high priest couldn't offer. First of all, the high priest couldn't be sick. He couldn't have boils and perform his duties. 
because God was holy. Then the ram he must bring must not be blind. It must not have any defect. That ram must be spotless. This our high priest is perfect. This our high priest is spotless. And even as the lamb, he is still spotless. The high priest always offered for his own sin first than the sin of the people. But this our high priest came in perfect. Next verse. He said, this is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and the people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin they had committed under that first word covenant. Next verse. It's verse, seven, verse. Go back now. You've skipped the verse. He said, now when someone leaves a will, look at this. It is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. Next verse. He said, the will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. It means that the new covenant did not just start at Matthew. Are you with me? The new covenant started when Jesus gave his blood. Because blood, even in the old covenant, you know, Moses had to sprinkle the people with blood. That was what ratified the old covenant. But the new covenant was ratified in the eternal blood of Jesus. So, a will, a KJV says, a testament is not in view except the death of a testator. Give me verse 18. We're running. He said, this is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. Uh -huh. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of cows and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using high soft branches and scarlet wool. Uh -huh. Then he said, the blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. Hold on. The old, in the old covenant, when the high priest entered the holy place, he first cleansed the place with blood. With the blood of bulls and goats. He offered it to appease for the sin of Israel. Please, are you with me? Uh-huh. Go back. Go on, sir. He said, in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, According to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Uh -huh. this, that is why the tabernacle and everything in it, look at this, which were what? Copies. I think under translation says types. Copies of the things in heaven had to be purified by the what? Blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the things of animals. For Christ did not enter into the holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one. So the Bible says Moses built according to the pattern of what he saw. Um, he entered into heaven itself. So what the high priest was doing was a type of what Jesus went to do. Have you ever wondered in Matthew 28 when Jesus appeared to Mary, when she wanted to touch him, he said, woman, don't touch me. Why did he say don't touch me? Because the high priest was not allowed to be touched until the sacrifice was done. So until Jesus was going, was, had done, died, resurrected, and presented himself to the Father, nobody was allowed to touch him. Are you seeing the types of what was? Mm -hmm. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our what? Behalf. Next verse. He said, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again 
and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the what? Blood of an animal. Next verse. He said, if that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again. Ever since the world began, go back, I'm not done. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. Next verse. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgments. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. The sin, the high priest always waited for that time. For Jesus, to, um, he always offered it once again and again and again. But Jesus' blood is so efficacious, he didn't need to offer it back to back. Once was enough. Say once was enough. Let's begin to round up. show you a few things. Hallelujah. The difference really between the Levitical priesthood and the priesthood of Jesus. The Levitical priest had many priests. Jesus is the only priest in our order. Just That's why just like Melchizedek, like we explained the other time, he had no beginning of time and no end of time. He had no beginning of time and no end of time. He was not according to Levi, but Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek, showing that in a figure, Levi was giving a tithe to the priesthood that was even higher than him. The Levitical priests were temporary. Jesus' high priest was permanent and eternal. They sacrificed daily, sacrificed once a year. His sacrifice once was enough. They were sinners. He was holy. He didn't have to offer for himself. They offered animal sacrifices. He offered himself. They entered a man-made tent. He entered the heavenly tent. The heavenly altar. They entered by means of blood of bulls and goats. And he entered by his own blood. By his own blood. Let me show you a few things as we round up. Listen. The high priest wore the stones. That had um, 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Right? TC, are you with me? The high priest wore 12 stones that represented... So every time he was going to perform his service, it was symbolic that he was carrying the sin of Israel on his chest. It's the same way our high priest went and offered for all of us. First John 2.2, he said he, he's a propitiation for the sin of the what? Whole world. So as the high priest went and carried Israel, our high priest went and carried our sin. So the man who is still in sin, the price for his sin has been paid for. Has been paid for. The high priest did two things. There was something called the, please pay attention. There was something called the sacrifice and then the scapegoat. He had two rams that he had to bring before him. Those two rams, he, he used the Urim and the Thunim. He casted lots to figure out which one was going to be killed. Listen. Now, there were many things in the priestly order that were to represent Jesus. Many things. But they had to put different things to symbolize the ministry of one man. So the high priest, the sacrifice, and there was another one called the scapegoat. They brought two rams that were one year old. 
One was killed for the sin of Israel. One was released into the wilderness. So one was killed and his blood was used to purify. But the other one, the high priest, pay attention. The high priest laid hands. Are you here? The high priest laid hands on that goat. It was either a goat or a ram or a sheep. Laid hands on it. And as he laid hands on it, he confessed the sin of Israel on that goat. And they, pay, please be here, and they released that goat into the wilderness. They released it into a remote place. Symbolically, what that typifies, Jesus was not killed in the city. He was killed in Golgotha. He was killed in the wilderness. He was killed in a remote place. So, the the way the ram was killed for the sin, another one, the sin of Israel was put upon it. It's the same way Jesus died for our sin and our sin was put. He that knew no sin became sin. That we who we are sinful might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Please, do you get this? So he is the high priest. He is the scapegoat. He is the lamb. He's the sacrifice, he's the scapegoat, and he's the, he's the high priest, he's the sacrifice, he's the scapegoat. And this is the final one, which, which, which is amazing. When Jesus died, remember the Bible said that there was a curtain in Hebrews 9 that separated both sides, the holy place and the most holy place. But the amazing part is, after Jesus died, the Bible says the veil tore from top to bottom. He tore from top to bottom. What does that symbolize? Where the high priest could only go, we all can now go. It has been made available to all of men. Exodus chapter 19 verse 6. Give me quickly. Exodus chapter 19 verse 6. So before where Adeshola was, he could now come where we are. Praise Jesus. Exodus 19 6. Quickly. I want you to read this. Give me in KJV. Are you there, sir? Give me in KJV and prepare First Peter 2.9. Yes. I want us to read this like a mass choir. Please, I want you to read this alive. One, two, go. Uh-huh. Read it again. One, two, go. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou wilt speak unto the children. He said that this is who the children of Israel were to be in him right but are you aware this has not this has also been fulfilled in our day first peter 2 9 oh i want you to read this loud 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 come on rise to your feet pick your bible in your hand i want you to read this loud first peter 2 9 i like this church because like i said we are alive we pray loud we read scriptures loud we are alive first peter 2 9 pick from the screen one two go uh-huh that you should show forth the praises of him who called out of darkness and into his marvelous come on you see exodus he said you will be to me a kingdom of kings and priests and do you know what he told us in revelation 5 10 he said you have been made unto him kings and priests kingdom of priests we have been made kings and he said you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Israel was God's own people, but now we are his own. 
We are his people. You know, in OSM Lagos, I, re I recorded a song that said, I am yours. I am yours. Uh, Shola has heard it. Amazing song. Amazing song. is a revelation. Please, are you here? Go back. Um, um, first Peter 2. First Peter 2. We have been made, and Israel was said to be a holy nation. So, so, what this basically means is that if we have been made a royal priesthood, a, ro a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, what does this mean? Give me an NLT. Let me see what it says. Let's read this again in NLT. And you, no, 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 verse 9. 9, 9. He said, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. A holy nation. God's very own possession. Say, I'm God's very own possession. God's very own possession. It means that what the high priest picked as only his lot is what I have as mine now. What used to be common or what used to be for an exclusive preserve has become for all men. God's plan is that all of his people should handle what is holy. Yeah. Are you with me? God's plan is that all of God's people should handle what is what? Holy. Should handle what is holy. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 and 16. Hebrews 4 final verse. Hebrews 4 14 and 16. So for me quick. Look at this. 14, 2, 16. He said, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Verse 15. He said, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. 15 now. Understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do yet without sin. Verse 16. He now says, let us therefore come boldly. Listen. Coming boldly does not mean approaching without reverence. Are you with me? Coming boldly does not mean approaching without reverence. He said, let us therefore come how? Boldly to the throne of our gracious God that we may receive his mercy and we will find grace to help when we need it most. When he says receive mercy, he's not talking of receive forgiveness of sin. It means that we might receive of his kindness. So the same way Jesus was tempted but without sin, when we also are embodied by the weaknesses of our flesh, we can go before the throne. Because we have been made priests too. We can go before the throne. We can go before the one who has all grace and find grace to help in time of need. The veil has been torn from top to bottom. All God has, I have access to. God is my daddy. All he has, I have access to. Hallelujah. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Hagar Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at c.me forward slash Nelson Hagar. And for contact details, follow on Instagram. At Nelson Behavior. God bless you.